for our final week of our series, uh, Stories from the Seats. And I'm excited to introduce Doug Egestall. I'm going to invite Doug to come up to the stage at this time. Doug, uh, Doug and I have become good friends over the last few years. And uh, I'm not even sure how we met for sure. I think it was through men's fraternity. Yeah, men's fraternity. Uh, uh, so Doug is here. Um, he's really become a leader alongside of me in men's fraternity and um, big help in so many ways. And more than that, just a, just a really good friend. And so Thanks. Uh, I'm excited for you to share your story. Would you mind if I pray with you real quick before you go? God, I know that uh, this isn't Doug's first choice uh, to be up here speaking today, but um, we've, we've asked him to share his story because it is a great story of you at work, and, and um, I know that he's going to get the opportunity to tell how you are working in his life. It's not about him, and so I'm thankful that he is willing to come do that this morning. I pray that you give him peace and assurance and, um, and, and just comfort while he's up here and help him, Lord, to just... Uh, to speak the words you've given to him this morning confidently and open our minds and our hearts to be able to see how you've been at work in his life, that we might see how you're also reaching out to us in our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go get him. Thanks. Morning. I was born in uh, 1977 to John and Darnley Nagestall of Rhinebeck, Iowa. I was the middle child of three. Uh, I have an older brother, Tim, who lives in the Davenport area, and a younger sister, Kristen, who lives around the Des Moines area. My family has been a very loving family and always seemed like, and like, seemed like things were always good. And if we needed anything, we didn't seem to go without. Both of my parents came from farm families in north central Iowa, so my dad knew the meaning of hard work and made sure we as kids learned that also. There are always chores to do first, or the mowing the mini lawns we had before any play was allowed. My dad was also a coach in high school and a teacher of history for 35 years at Rhinebeck High School. So there was always the pressure of doing the right thing, being a model student and a citizen of our community because of the position of my father. Also, plus I also knew that if I did cause any problems at school, it wasn't the trip to the principal's office. It was up the three flights of stairs to my father's room in the high school. Um, which fortunately was a trip I didn't have to take that often, except for when going to history or geography class with him. My dad and mom also instilled that never quit, work hard mentality in everything we did, whether it was school, work, or sports. My biblical foundation was placed early in my life as I was fortunate to have parents that also believed church was important in our lives. We attended St. John's Lutheran Church in Rhinebeck and hardly ever missed a Sunday. We learned lots of stories of the Bible and what I would call the law, such as do this, don't do that, follow these rules or else. A lot of this took place through my elementary to early junior high years where I also took confirmation class on Thursday nights, and a lot of my education of the Bible and God's Word came into my life. Also at that time, I started to take notice of a change in my life, or an awareness that the Bible and God's Word were speaking to me, and that it was all more than just something you did on Sundays and Thursday nights for some class. It's not really anything that I can pinpoint. Something was just different. The words I read and the attitude I had towards life started to change. The more I read God's Word, the more I started, I think it started to soften my heart to Him. I started listening here and there privately to Christian music and kept trying to make God important in my life. 
Shortly after this awareness happened, early in my freshman year of high school, I was invited with some friends to a Carmen concert, who was a popular singer at the time with a little bit different approach to teaching God's Word than others. I attended the Addicted to Jesus concert in Des Moines, Iowa, and it was a life-changing event. By life-changing, I mean it was something I had never experienced or seen before. If you can imagine Vets Auditorium full of people and singing praise to God. It was awesome and just so easy, easy to become involved in that experience and really leave your heart out there. And in doing so, for the first time, I really felt, I truly felt the Holy Spirit flow through me. For me, I had always thought that was something, when you heard that, it was something that people said to sound more Christian because it was something I had never experienced to that point. But I knew without a doubt what it was and really started to give me a fire and a passion from that point on to read, learn, and absorb all I could of God's Word and grace. But remember, at this time I was in high school, which meant not having a lot of really close friends that share that view or even talk about God in that way. It was hard. I wanted to fit in. I felt like I was part of the crowd. I played sports, was involved in a lot of activities. I was scared to scare my new discovery, worried about what I might lose. And at the time, not realizing what, what I had to gain by fully devoting myself to Christ. So as high school progressed, I seemed to worry more about the sports I was in, the troubles that I was having as a growing teenager in those years, the same things a lot of teenagers go through, I'm sure, then and today, schoolwork, fitting in with the crowd, being popular, who to go to the homecoming dance with, trying to keep your girlfriend, or how involved to get with a girlfriend, and the list goes on. So that closeness to God and that fire and passion I had seemed to go to a smoldering state. It was always there, and I really felt a tugging to have it be a part of my life, but I continued to put it on the back burner and only turned to Jesus when I had problems or needed help. Then during my sophomore to junior year, I was asked to attend church with my boss at the time, my farmer I worked for mainly during the summer months, and his family, with which his his boys and I were really good friends, and today I consider all of them an extension of my own family. So one day, I, Sunday, I attended Orchard Hill Church with them. From that point on, I learned what real worship was to me personally. There was a diff- it was a different way to worship, from music to the teaching, and there's so many different things to be involved in. It really opened up to my eyes the fact that you didn't have to follow the words on a page or say the bold first face words when prompted to do so and how I could really express my love for the Lord through the song in a way that felt comfortable to me. As one of my favorite worship songs at the time stated, the eyes of my heart were open once again to God. And the leadership at Orchard that gave the sermons were honest and actually told stories that related to me in my life. And I felt I wasn't the only one who struggled with things in my life, such as hurt, addiction, or how to fit in, how to reach out to God. Look what God had done in their lives. I know that He could do those things in my life as well. The way I felt when God was in my life was that, was, and I actually surrendered to Him was the life that I wanted to live day in and day out. But the years that followed high school, in the early to mid twenties, I often didn't allow that to matter. I found it difficult to talk to my friends still and tell them my true feelings. The temptations were all around, and it seemed too easy just to give in to fit in with my friends. Worried if I took that leap. To tell them, I wouldn't have those friends. I started drinking quite a bit after high school was over. Parties, friends. And it wasn't drinking just a few. It was drinking to get drunk, have a good time, 
and kind of get rid of the things I was thinking about or what I thought it meant to have a good time. So once again, I had shut out Christ in my life, had backslid away from Him and the life He was trying to steer me for. During that time, it was a constant up and down in my relationship with Christ. And at times, I felt I could never be involved in the life with Him that I wanted because I had because I had come, and back, come back to Him and fallen away so many times. Back into the life of temptation and sin, how many times was He going to allow me to keep coming back? Today I enjoy hanging out with my group of friends, and I am choosing to live my life for and with Christ and hopefully can be a light for them if they ever need someone or want to know why I choose to be the way I am now. But I still at times is extremely difficult not to fall into that temptation to fit in, fall along with the crowd, or totally go backwards in my relationship with God again. I still find myself realizing that it is God's strength I need, not my own, that it, and that is still a battle to rely on Him totally. While all this was going on in my life, I continued to attend Orchard Hill Church and then had gotten and also gotten my girlfriend since my sophomore year of high school, Brenda, to start attending with me while she was going to UNI for school, which I know she really enjoyed. She would also told me she would attend basic at the campus of UNI once in a while on a Thursday night and always said that it was a great experience. So I knew she was someone I could share my faith with after many conversations and how she also felt towards God. Shortly after she graduated from UNI, we were married on June 17th in 2000 and bought a house in Ryanbeck and eventually would become members of Orchard Hill Church and started to attend as much as possible. But I would say my relationship with God was still up and down. During all those years, I had gone to Orchard Hill Church and now my wife Brenda and I were members. I had never really gotten involved in anything other than just go to church, go home. It was easy to stay somewhat hidden in a big church like this. But I'd always had that feeling along with my wife. It would be great to be involved and get to know others. So luckily for us, a couple named the Steels and moved to Rhinebeck and started a small group in which we joined. It really gave us that extra time and fuel for our lives. It also gave me a chance for the first time to meet with another guy, Micah Steele, to talk about the struggles I was going through on a daily basis. We started meeting once every couple weeks and became friends. And in some ways, Micah became a mentor and accountability person for me. But as they say, all good things must come to an end. Mike and Jamie ended up moving on for occupational reasons to the Dubuque area. A small group at the time continued on, but I seemed to get less and less involved. And the group seemed to get bigger and bigger, and eventually our small group ended and was no more. My wife and I found ourselves in that time with a beautiful son, Caleb, who was born on April 25th, 2005 after our first attempt had ended in miscarriage, which was a very emotional emotional for us, but it seemed now that things were going good. Um, my wife and I decided we would love to have a brother or a sister for Caleb and dad or our family that we had started. Over the next six years, Brenda and I would have some trying times concerning kids and trying to have another child. We had ended up trying multiple times for another child with little success. There would be a total of five more miscarriages at varying stages overall while trying for that other child. What I'm telling you is that this struggle for us was very emotional, and another child was something that we truly wanted at that time and was difficult for us. 
But when we got had the first couple miscarriages, well, yes, they were all very emotional and difficult. We had our faith in God. And I knew that everything happens for a reason. And I believe this somehow worked into God's plan. But when the third miscarriage came, it was difficult, especially for my wife, to not want to know why, why this was happening. I continued to have faith and tried to be that faith for my wife, to trust in God and that everything would be okay. We ended up getting pregnant again, and I was almost certain that this time everything would be okay. But it ended in miscarriage once again, and at this time it was truly frustrating for me and my wife. As a man, personally, I was lost. I didn't know what to do, how I was supposed to feel now, or worse, how my wife physically and emotionally was feeling, or how to comfort her. I was beyond lost. I even felt guilty like I wasn't emotional enough over the miscarriages because frustration and some rage had started to take over. It was getting difficult to turn to turn to God without saying why. I didn't like seeing my wife like this, and I didn't understand why these friends of ours are having kids and are able to experience the joy, that joy that we weren't able to again. Even though deep inside I knew that surely the Lord wouldn't put us through this emotional roller coaster without some reason or why. But I struggled with this, and especially telling my, this to my wife over and over again. We finally had some testing done with chromosomes and other things, and found that our chances were much less than that of a normal pregnancy of going all the way to completion. Which was a crushing blow to us, but at the same time it made us realize what a blessing that our son Caleb truly was, and made us start to wonder what direction we should go from here. We had asked ourselves how badly did we want another child in our lives, and was it something that we wanted to pursue, whether through adoption, which had come up, or just continued to try, or be thankful for the child that we already had had and stopped trying. At the time, we decided to not worry about it and thought if we got pregnant, hopefully it would work, considering that we had already had one child. So as time went on, so did one more miscarriage, and we finally thought that it was time to stop, not try anymore, finally quit putting ourselves through this emotional, physical, and spiritual roller coaster. So we decided early in 2011 to stop trying to make sure we could not get pregnant again. So we decided that in the upcoming fall we'd have a sale, sell all the baby stuff that we'd been holding on to all these years, and one of us would have surgery to prevent any further chance of pregnancy. So then in July of 2011... My wife and I were hit with a big surprise and a blessing. My wife had not been feeling well, and then I had suggested that she take a pregnancy test, which she did, and it turned up negative. So we went to the doctor anyway for her concern just to make sure she was, she was okay. At the doctor's office, they did an ultrasound, and we were told congratulations and told her that it was a boy. It turned out that my wife was pregnant with our second child and was actually quite a ways along further than any of the pregnancies had been except when Caleb was born. It was truly a miracle to us and a long wait to the answer to our prayers. Needless to say, we took the price tags off all the things that we were getting ready to have for a garage sale and we were going to have in the, that we were going to have in the fall. And Caleb finally had his little brother that he had been asking for for quite a while now. 
Our son Carter Andrew Agastall was born November 29, 2011. He's very healthy, and we are very blessed to have two beautiful boys. But I also must mention some very key thing, some very key things that were going on that were an important part of my spiritual growth during this time, and helped me to get where I am currently with my walk with the Lord. Since the Steels had left and our small group had kind of came to a stop, I had never really had a mentor or a group to meet with until two friends of mine, Caleb and Cameron, decided to start meeting for breakfast every once in a while. We started talking about faith on our daily walk. They also helped me get through some of those rough spots of the miscarriages. And pretty soon breakfast turned into meeting on Saturdays, our other nights, and going through a structured class or workbook together. I also took a class with the encouragement of Caleb Hamer to get me out of my box and my comfort zone here at Orchard. I wanted to learn what I could possibly offer to others and start serving others in the church or outside the church for Christ. The class I took with Caleb was the networking class offered through the church where you learn about your spiritual gifts, your strengths, and your weaknesses. It was an excellent class and I learned a lot about myself, my everyday experiences, and what I should be doing with the spiritual gifts that God has given me and where I can best use them in serving others. From there, I took, from there, I took the class, The Emerging Journey, which is exploring the three questions of who God is, who am I, and what does God desire to do through me. It was an awesome class and truly was something that helped me to grow and reestablish a relationship with God that I've been longing for since back to that silly teenager at the Carmen concert. I also started to build community with others at Orchard and the church, some time had passed, and I really felt that I needed more structure again. I began to realize that I was trying to say, shall we like go it alone on my journey? It became very difficult to keep up the getting together with Caleb and Cameron due to our schedules, conflicts, and job changes. So once again, I didn't have that accountability factor or mentor in my life, another guy on my journey. So as luck would have it, Orchard was having a men's fraternity class exploring authentic manhood and what God meant for a man to be and explore that definition in other areas of men's lives no matter what season they are in. It was great to be a part of that group and truly felt God is trying to, trying to get something started at Orchard with the men of this church, either through men's fraternity or other great groups of great guys in the church, like a group that I know is involved in, or a group that I know on Friday morning is his meet, his meeting, and they're trying to do some good things. But it was also, at this time, an opportunity came about to take the second part of the Emerging Journey curriculum, a class called The Way of Life. The title is everything the class is and pretty much explains it all. It had a huge impact on me and how I was living out my life and the things that God asked us of us and the guideline of how to live that life I received so much from these classes in the way of direction, a stronger biblical foundation in my life, and that tug at my heart continued to strengthen. I wasn't quite sure where to go or what to do. So I called one of the leaders of the men's fraternity class, Jeff Mickey, and just let him know where I was at, what I was struggling with. What was a phone call turned into several lunches where we talked about what God was trying to do in my life and where my relationship with him was headed. Slowly I realized Jeff started to become the mentor that I needed, the accountability person that I know would ask me the hard questions about my life. After some time, I realized 
that I was really looking for a place to serve God. I felt the need to help plant a seed, if possible, in others' lives to show them God's love. Also, I realized how much all the classes and community at Orchard Hill Church had meant to me and felt the need to serve and give back, but just wasn't sure how or where. Then just this last year, Jeff gave me the opportunity to follow him and help lead the men's fraternity class that was coming up. It was a great experience, and I learned a lot along the way, and I'm hoping to continue to grow something great with the men at Orchard, with God leading the way for us. I'm continuing to learn to be a leader and a friend to others in Christ in small groups or some avenue at the church. Some days I struggle with what that might look like, but I know that God leading the way and letting Him lead the way good things will happen. Currently at the... Currently, at this point, I am happily married, father of two, working for the Department of Transportation in Grundy Center, and a follower of Christ. To be honest, I strive every day to follow Christ, to be a light for others, and not give in to the temptations of this world. It is increasingly difficult. It is hard not to get caught up in the negativity of everyday life trying to control times when I get upset, most of the times over nothing. Being around the group, you know, swearing and being part of those groups that goes on in the gossips and trying to fit in with so many different groups we are all involved in in our lives and being a good father and a husband. But I know the me that I want to be and the me I strive to be every day. That is the me that is truly surrendered to Christ and does everything for the good of Him and His kingdom, and serve everyone in His name. A couple names I feel I need to say thank you to, and a thanks to God for putting them in my life, and are big parts of my story, at different moments not told here today, and saw me through other times in my spiritual journey, are Jeff Teasing, Matt Tatey, Darren and Sue Trunk. Also, all the members of my two small groups. There's a lot to name, so... Um, that I was involved in, thank all of you. I have left out many other people that are influences in my life to this point, and also some incidences, but those are some quick highlights that I hope all of you, help all of you understand some of my personal walk with Christ and how I've gotten to where I am in my journey today. The Lord has taught me many things along the road of life, patience and having faith in Him, self-control, how to maintain that even in the face of temptation, forgiveness, love, humility, and has given me a road map on how to finish well through His Word. I just need to follow that map. I know there will be bumps, mountains, curves, and valleys, but that is why we have such a great God, because if I get lost in the mountains, wander in the valleys, or fall in the bumps, He is a forgiving and loving God and is always there to help us finish strong. If I can, I'd like to leave you with a favorite picture of mine and a Bible verse that has helped me through many times of struggle and still does. Psalm 46, 1. The Lord is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Thank you for allowing me to share my journey with you. One of the things I love about Doug's story is just that constant presence of God just reaching out to him from the day at that Carmen concert. What was it? It was addicted to Jesus, <laughs> yeah. right? Doug yeah. told me he wasn't going to share this. Carmen did this 
You know, you, you guys were lived in the 80s. You guys remember what that was like. Addicted to Jesus. So um, from those days on, he captured your heart. And then he just kept reaching out through the midst of this pain and this trouble and this, these trials. And just the desire to fit in. We all have this desire to just fit in. And, um, and then through, the other thing I like about this story is that it's, it's a pathway here at Orchard Hill Church of how Orchard does discipleship. And you just, you see that so often in his story, from a friend inviting you to experience worship on a Sunday morning, to being part of worship service on Sunday morning, to stepping into a leadership class, to then all of a sudden coming into a men's fraternity class, and next thing you know, you're starting to lead others in that class. God is developing your heart into a real servant leader, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. And um, Caleb Hamer told me I better mention that men's fraternity will be kicking up again in the fall. Um, we all need friends and mentors in our lives. It's easy to stay hidden in a big church like this. Don't allow yourself to do that. There's plenty of things going on. Get involved. Get to know some people so they can walk with you uh, in your life and, and uh, help keep God present in your life. So I'm going to pray for you and invite the band up as we continue in worship. Father, thank you so much for Doug's willingness to share his story with us. Um, Father, he was uh, just incredibly uh, a lost man at one time. As uh, things were happening in his life that were beyond his ability to know really how to, how to deal with them, how to, how to lead through them, how to persevere. And you reached down and you just reminded him that you are with him and you are walking with him and you will lead him every step of the way. And you've helped him to step up as a, as a husband and as a father to be a great encouragement to his family. And you've blessed him with two beautiful boys. Lord, we thank you so much for Brenda and for Caleb and for Carter and the blessing they are in Doug's life. We thank you for how you continue to lead him and develop him and grow his heart for your ministry, God, to help come alongside other men, other women. And help them understand the work you're doing in their lives. We pray that you continue to do that in his life. Continue to do that in all of our lives. Um, Lord, you are a good God. And you are always at work. Always reaching out to us. Help us to see how you're doing that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.